This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into today's episode because we are joined by yet another member of the Camp Getaway family. This is becoming this is becoming a regular thing here behind the velvet rope. But today we welcome Mr. Glenn North. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you? Good. Where are you? This looks like you're in a New York City apartment. Oh, though you'd be wrong. So if you look just to the left of the screen, you would see an actual backyard. Uh, um, don't tell me yeah, that. Yeah, right? Oh my God. So um, just before all this craziness started, at the end of January, I actually moved back to Virginia, where, where I'm from, um, to live with my mom. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so and it's actually been amazing. It was such a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, I, I would have been going crazy if I was in a tiny New York apartment all by myself. And you know, think about my mom. So now I get to be here, taking care of her. Um, and honestly, like having having like a little like quarantine unit that you can be quarantined together with has been such a godsend. I, I would have gone crazy without like physical contact. Seriously. So like, did you go home like just for this, or you were going home anyway? Um, so I was going home anyway. Um, you know, I needed to take care of my mom. Um, she, you know, I, I lost my father. Um, it was a year ago this January, so she just needs some extra help around the house. Um, you know, she's got some health problems that I need to help with. So, um, so actually, honestly, this has been kind of perfect because it's, I just get to spend real, real quality time with her. No distractions. You know, I can't, I can't be working right now anyway, so there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Do you miss New York City at all? I do. Um, but the truth is, like, New York City isn't New York City right now, so there's nothing oh to miss. God. It's been, it's been interesting. It's been interesting. Like Randall, I know has been here. I spoke to her. So like, I basically stayed here for the most part. I mean, I was going to go away, you know, like you got into it and you're like, well, now I can't travel. Like to me, even yeah. tonight. And like, I, I don't drive. So I'm like, I'm not going to get on a train and go somewhere. This weekend I did go, cause like Connecticut's open now, more or less. You, you can do outside oh. dining. So yeah. I went to like Greenwich, Connecticut the past two days just to stay with a friend and like it was interesting it's this is like a weird interesting time now because like certain states are opening so it's good but yet there's so many people at this restaurant that were just pretending like this never happened so it's like it's good because you feel normal but it's scary at the same time like when you're out to eat yeah i like i still have like i It'd be one thing if I was living alone, but like I have my mom to think about. Totally. And so even even in places where it is open, I always still feel really nervous doing that. Um, you know, I, I don't did. quite feel safe yet. I don't really feel safe either. I have mixed feelings about yeah. the fact that I went there and I'm not, I mean, it just was like one day and I'm like, okay, and now I'm back inside. Like we're going to start to reset the clock here and see what happens. Yeah. Wow. So, so when did you grow up in Virginia? Like, where are you from originally? Is that where you're from? I did, yeah. So uh, I was born in D.C. Uh, I lived in uh, Saudi Arabia for a couple of years, um, from when I was three to six. But most of my uh, educational years were in uh, Northern Virginia. So from kindergarten, uh, actually, I went, I went to college in Virginia, too. So um, kindergarten through college, I was in Virginia. What did you go to Saudi Arabia for? Your father's work? Yes. Yeah, so um, he's a journalist. And so he worked for Prince Khaled as his press advisor. So we lived in this little compound in the middle of the desert. It was oh, wow. crazy. Yeah. That's interesting. I've traveled to like 55 countries and like, I love the Middle East. Like it's just as far as like just a section of the, I mean, I would love to go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. I think um, I'm glad that I was there when I was. Um, it would be interesting to go back uh, as a gay man now, yeah, um, you know, I, but there, I, I think specifically Saudi Arabia, I think other, uh, certainly other countries in the Middle East are certainly better than Saudi Arabia. But I think Saudi Arabia particularly, um, their political leanings are a little scary. 
A little bit, yeah. I mean, so that's a thing. So that's interesting. <laughs> so how'd you end up in New York City? Um, so I wanted to do musical theater. I, uh, I studied musical theater in college. I got bitten by the bug and, you know, I went there to live out my dreams. Uh, it was great. I, I love New York. Like, there's just an energy, energy there you can't get anywhere else. I would agree with all of that. I, I'm such a New Yorker. And then, so on your Instagram, it says, well, I guess prior to going home to Virginia, you were a, you are, or were a personal trainer, a go-go dancer, and I will say a glitter enthusiast. So let's just break these three things down. Let's talk about, so like, was personal training your main career? Like, when did you go-go dance? Tell me about all of this. I find this very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as an actor, you know, majority of the time you are not actually working as an actor. Um, your job really is networking, auditioning, taking class, all that stuff. And so you have what we call a survival job. So you, and it has to be super flexible because you never know when you can get an audition. You've got to be taking classes. Totally. And you know, so you can't have a nine to five that's really inflexible. So actors are nannies. They work at restaurants. Um, I was working as, or I, you know, I, I still work as a tour guide. Um, oh, yeah, that's and right. you know, those are great. Those are great ones. But I was working as, well, first of all, I hated being a server because I just felt like, like so many people were asking so many things of me and like, I couldn't be everywhere at once. And it just made me so anxious. I was terrible at it. And um, let's face it. Like, I mean, in New York, you know, I mean, people are not so nice to servers. Yes, exactly. So like, really not. you see, you see the whole gambit of people that are super nice and want to talk your ear off and others that like treat you like, like why, why aren't, why aren't you, why, didn't, why wasn't this instant? Why isn't it already out? I'm like, it's not me. It's the kitchen. Why are you blaming me? Seriously, um, I am never that person. Like when I go to sit down for something, 99% of the time, like I don't care if it takes 17 hours. Like I'm not working. I have a drink in front of me. Like I'll sit here all day. I don't care. I actually exactly. don't like the opposite. I'm like, oh my God, there's food here already. Like I just said, just, I'm just like, whatever, take your time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like everyone should be a server at least sometime in their life. Um, I think you can really tell a lot about a person by how they treat servers. Totally. Um, and I think you learn a lot because then you're like, oh my God, these people work so hard. Um, that should be a requirement. Like in college, you have to be a server. Uh, anyway, so I was looking for a job that I was actually passionate about. and. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't always, uh, fitness wasn't always a part of my life. Um, you know, I was quite chubby when I was a kid. Me um, too, I, I get it. I was, yeah, fat, like, I was chubby. Like, former fat kids, I think, are the best kind of people. <laughs> Why? Why do you think? Because, there's, because we go through the world and, like, there was a point in our lives where, where you were invisible, where um, you are treated like you are less than or you are undesirable. And, and then once you come out on the other end, you still have that thought of like, oh no, there's, there's still a person. Like I may be hot now, but like, I, you know, like everyone is valuable. Everyone totally. deserves love, regardless of how much fat you have on you. Because totally. you remember in the beginning, and you also recognize how much work it takes to make a change in your life. Whereas I think people that are, have been hot their whole life, they don't understand how difficult it is for certain body types to make uh, a lifestyle change totally. and so I wanted to be a personal trainer for the person that I that I used to be um, I used to be so intimidated by the gym it's a very masculine energy which was very um, a very aggressive and very intimidating for like a still in the closet kid oh um, I get it I get it <laughs> yeah so I you know I specifically I, I want to especially work with gay men um, and one of the things I loved about being a personal trainer is not only helping to teach um, healthy habits, how to, you know, teach good form, how to get people to, you know, make change in their lives and their bodies. I also love like shifting people's thoughts on their own bodies. I think especially as gay men, we have very toxic beliefs of our bodies and expectations around our bodies. Um, so oh, most of my sessions were, um, you know, me like jumping around, trying to get them to have fun, playing fun music, but also me trying to be like, you know, we're working on this, we're getting better, but like, we also got to work on why you're doing this. 
Right. Or like, yeah. Or like to your point, you know, I always wonder like as gay men, like, you know, right. There's such a pressure. You're just kind of like, you feel like looking at someone and be like, this is really good right now. Like, I don't know what you're going to do and how you're going to live your life in like 40 years. Cause it's mm. not going to be all this. It's just the natural progression. So like, I hope there's a soul in there somewhere cause that's <laughs> how life works. You, yeah, know, you know what I yeah. mean? For so sure. that's good. So you were like pregnant and so that's so you, you loved what you did as a personal trainer yeah yeah um and I, at the end of the day like i love inspiring people and i think that's why it was a it was a pretty easy transition into camp getaway because that's basically what i am i'm everyone's cheerleader i'm getting the party started um and even though i'm not like um and that's kind of how i thought of my, my job and it makes it more fun than just like we're having fun you know whatever <laughs> were you a camp person when you were young like did you go to camp I did actually. So I went to like nerd camps. So uh, I went to one, they actually, they show it in um, the LGBT weekend episodes, episode three. They show a picture of me at Camp Thunderbird, which is this like adventure camp. And like, I look super tragic. I have um, the beginning of a rat tail because I was obsessed with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And so I wanted a ponytail like him. Um, I see nothing wrong with this story so far. Right, right. You know, very relatable, very relatable. That's, there's nothing wrong with being obsessed with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, no, come on now. So um, I, so this is like really awkward picture. And I just, I felt very out of place there. Um, I remember specifically like they would separate the girls and the boys. um, And I always wanted to hang out with the girls. So I didn't feel as comfortable at that camp, but I loved I went to the Shenandoah Performing Arts Camp. It was a choir camp. So you just like learn music all day. You sing all day. It was amazing. And then the UVA Summer Enrichment Program. And it was like basically nerd camp. So those ones I felt much more in my zone, in my element. So I always tried to like, you know, what is, all these guests are so different. How can I sort of cater to what it is they're looking for and make them feel as welcome as I felt in those last two camps rather than the first one? Interesting. And then how did you get involved with Camp Getaway? Like, were you, like, did you work there? Like, we know we see, like, I think it's Adam who worked there prior. And then like, you know, like there's certain people who work there. Were you like a newbie? Did you work there before the show? Yeah, for sure. So um, Monica and Adam had both worked there before, but everybody else, it was our first time. Um, I'd heard about it from a friend. And when I heard about sort of the job description, I was like, that's me. Like, that is so me. Um, So I knew I had to be a part of it. And then you just applied and they're like, guess what? You got the job. Yeah, we had a a couple rounds of interviews on auditions. And then we had like a trial weekend where there were no cameras, thank goodness. Um, And then the next week we started filming. Were you, were you a Bravo fan? Like, did you watch anything on Bravo before getting the show? Like, you know, Randall is like Miss Super Bravo woman. Like her and I could talk for hours. Was that you? Or were you like, I've never seen anything on Bravo in my life? Yeah, so it's funny. Before I got the show, I was not a Bravo person. But now I, I started watching to like kind of see what it's all about. Now I'm fucking hooked. I love, my favorite is Family Karma. That was a good um, show. I was talking to Amrit Kapai um, and we're going to do like a, like a pride round table. Um, I'm trying to get Josiah Case in this as well. So um, just like talk about since pride's being canceled, um, you know, what are like our favorite pride moments? What are things we can do, you know, at home? So kind of get other um, gay Bravo celebrities together to do a little interview. So I'm excited about that. That's a good um, idea. Kind of like a Zoom, like. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then Below Deck, obviously. Because while, while we were on the show, uh, while we were auditioning, they would tell us that, like, to, to describe the show, they would say, it's like Below Deck on land. I said that without knowing anything about the show, the minute I, because I had David Driver on the show, and I said within, like, the first five minutes, I'm like, I think this is Below Deck on land. And he's like, that, you got it. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. With like a little bit of Summer House thrown in there. So you, are you excited for the new season of Below Deck? Below Deck and I am, yeah. Um, like, you know, I need more stuff to watch, obviously. I have gone through so many of my binges. So like, uh, I need a new obsession. Who's, who's your favorite, Captain Sandy or Captain Lee? 
Um, there are no right answers. We won't hold it against you. <laughs> Good, yeah. Lee, I plead the fifth. No, um, I don't know. I kind of like Captain Lee because I like that, like, um, I like he's very like he's got a very like stern exterior, but I love the moments where like you can see the like lovey dovey come out or the little there's there's a fuzziness inside there somewhere under the harsh exterior, and I love it when it like comes out in certain moments. Totally. And what about Kate Chastain? Are you a Kate Chastain oh my- fan? Oh, I love her. So when I was first watching the show, um, so my best friend actually lives with us. Um, and so we were like, oh my God, we're Josiah and Kate. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the sham cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Like, it's very similar in that kind of friendship of like, we get things done, we're very serious, but we still can like be silly and fun. So like, yeah, Kate and Kate and Josiah were our favorites. That's so funny. And you haven't gotten into any of the housewives yet? I haven't. Uh, I kind of feel like we're the real housewives of the woods. <laughs> that that um, works. Well, yeah. you know what? The housewives is such a commitment. Like you have to, I mean, you got like eight seasons, 14 seasons. Like I think Family Karma was a good one to start with. You started from the beginning, you know? Yeah. Like Vanderpump Rules. If you if you want to add something, maybe add a little Vanderpump Rules. But the Housewives is a whole. If you you're just gonna get sucked in. So like once you yeah, start, yeah. you're gonna be there forever. That's like a couple weeks of my time, just like <laughs> forever. So I mean, like in a way, are you like now that you are on Bravo? Are you like, oh my god, like if we weren't in quarantine, like you could be on Watch What Happens, and you know, like uh, you could be right. That's that's half the reason I did the show. Is I was like, when do I get to be on Watch What Happens Live? That would be, well, maybe you guys will still be, you know, there's still a bunch of the show left. Maybe you guys will be invited on or like at least as bartenders. And yeah. So when you started working there the first weekend, were you like, I mean, like once the camera started, was it like, what, what was harder? The actual, like, I'm hired to do this job or like, oh my God, there's cameras everywhere. What was hard was it's both. Like it'd be one thing if it was just like, okay, we're at a new job. Uh, and we're like trying to figure out what's expected of us and you know what is required of us. But in addition to that, we also had cameras on us. And I remember in the beginning, especially like as an actor, I kind of felt the need to be on. So like, hi guys, like welcome to K-, you know like so over the top, so like performing. Um, and then eventually, I, like I kind of like settled into it because eventually you do forget that they're there. The, what I always say is like. When you're having a conversation with someone and you suddenly realize that someone's listening to you, you kind of like, it throws you off for a second because you're acutely aware that you're being listened to, that you're being observed. And it makes you uncomfortable for a moment. It's like that. Um, so like the cameras are on you and you're like, you suddenly lose all power of speech. <laughs> and we'd be having like totally normal conversations. The cameras are on and we're like, uh. But eventually like you do kind of forget that they're there. Um, cause it's, a, and what I always try to do is I try to make every weekend about being in service of other people. Like if I, if I make it about me, like I'm going to look really good. I'm going to inspire people. I'm going to whatever. Then I'm in my head and I'm thinking about me. And then I end up, you know, that's when I am anxious. Like, oh my gosh, what do people think of me? But if I make the intention external, like I'm going to make one person feel more at home today. I'm going to make one, I'm going to make one person's day, then I forget that the cameras are there because it's not about me, it's about them. 
Right. So you like, once you settled in, like you were more into the actual job as opposed to look at me, I'm on TV now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like to your point, I mean, I never really thought about that. You know, like we have reality, we have actors and actresses that are on reality TV, like Lisa Rinna and like now Garcelle Bouvet. Like, right, I guess like, was that hard for you in the beginning? Because like you were trained in acting to be like, oh, this really isn't a role. This is just me. Yeah, I was like, where are my lines? Is someone gonna right. give me my lines now? Like, what do I get to say? Um, yeah, and it was, it was interesting because like, I, you know, I'm used to, uh, from doing film, I'm used to like long days of like being on the whole time. Um, yeah, I think what I wasn't used to was just like sort of like settling into it and fully ignoring that they're there. And th right. that took a little while, but we got there. What was the best part, not even necessarily filming, but just like the best part of the whole experience of going there every weekend? I mean, the best part was I got like, I got seven best friends out of this. Like it's, it's an experience that we're never truly gonna be able to recreate. Like the excitement of like being on a show for the first time, what was cool was like, you know, they were, they were creating this from the ground up. They were still trying to figure out how to do this, what kind of mood this show was gonna have, what kind of tone, what to focus on. Um, and so there's a lot of excitement around the show and, and it's tough. Like, you know, you have to be really vulnerable and you know, I get to show some really vulnerable moments and we all did. Um, and so like the people that I've, that I've done this with are now some of my closest friends. Like Neely and I are so close. And, and I think what's exciting is like you guys as an audience get to see that. You get to watch these eight people become best friends. Right, which doesn't really happen in, you know, like it kind of happened on Summer House, but it doesn't really happen in like, you know, I would say the majority actually of reality TV shows on Bravo. You know, like you film yeah. and you have your, but then when it's not filming, you know, a lot of the Bravo shows, the cast doesn't really speak. So you guys really are legitimate friends. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel now that you're like, you know, that it's airing week after week and you're watching it? Like, do you watch it? Do you have watch parties? Are you like, oh God, I can't even look at myself on TV? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, if quarantine wasn't happening, I would be having like live watch parties at a gay bar. Um, Cause that's the kind of stuff I want to do. I want to host. I want to like put myself out there. I want to meet people, interview people, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm disappointed that we don't get to do that. But yeah, most of the cast, we, we watch the show live and we, a lot of us, tweet during the show um and that's actually been kind of fun is interacting with um fans of the show is there anything that you did like during the season that i mean either is shown or is going to be shown where you're like oh i kind of regret that i wish i didn't do that <sighs> oh yeah girl um, really yes okay so in in the trailer in the like the t the the uh, the teaser trailer yeah. for the show. At the very end, you see me like covered in glitter going, what did I do? And then I go and like hit a door. Um, I'm not very proud of that moment. You would not um, hit the door. You would still do the glitter, but not hit the door. Exactly, yes. I wouldn't be a disaster. I wouldn't be a mess. Um, one thing I learned about this in this summer is that like, um, you know, so my, my dad passed away in January of that year. And there were some moments where like, uh, I, I kind of went into that summer thinking like, okay, it's been eight months, I'm good. We're done. Well, like, I'm, I'm not grieving anymore. It's done, that's great, cool. False, that's how grief works. And so there were a lot of moments where I felt like I handled it well and some moments where I did not handle it well. And that is one of those moments. So I am very not excited to see that, but I also think it's like, it's part of my story. Like, you know, we make mistakes, we apologize, we, you know, I'm lucky that I get to redeem myself. You know, I made him, I'm, I fucked up, but hopefully you'll get to see me, uh, you see me fall and hopefully you'll see, get to see me get up too. Have you had people say to you like, what the hell? That's violent, you punched a door. Like, I mean, have people already like slid into your DMs saying things like that? I, so I didn't, my, it didn't even cross my mind. I was just like, oh, okay, this is reality TV. The housewives have done a lot worse. Teresa's flipping tables. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, all my friends, when they see that, they're like, Glenn, what happened? Who hurt you? And like, some of my friends are like, whoever hurt you, I'm gonna beat them up and stuff like that. So they're getting behind me. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely curious. They're curious what that moment is. I think that's like, that's my big breakdown that I'm not excited to see. 
That, 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 that totally makes sense. And then, you know, like you talk about like hosting, like at the gay bars, you know, so we already see this love triangle between like Adam and Sophia and Randall, you know, like, were you there? Like, I mean, I, I know that there were, there were counselors off the show. Were you like, well, where's my love triangle? You know, being with all these, you know, like you were the only gay one we see on the show. Yes, I, I very much was. <laughs> um, one thing I hope, if if we have a second season, um, I, I hope we get to have like more guests and like cool guests come on. You know, I thought it was kind of weird. Like, you know, the second the second um, the second week, we have a group of girls come in. They're v- our VIP guests. Right. Look at our cast. Look at our our crew. It's four single girls and a gay guy. And then, you know, four, oh, well, at the time, only three, three straight men, one's in a relationship. So that's two straight guys, and then five guys, five people that like dick. And you chose a group of girls? Come on, Bravo. Come on. Give me something to work with here, Bravo. So, um, you know, but at the end of the day, like, I was there to have fun. I, I was looking for a husband, but like, you know, just because I didn't find one doesn't mean that I didn't have, I didn't still have a good time. Were there, now I'm not just, I asked everyone this now, were there other counselors there? Cause you know, like on below deck, you see like, you know, there's rules. You're not supposed to sleep with the charter guests, you know, then, you know, whether you sleep with like your, your, your coworkers or not, you know, like, was there that whole, like, you know, like we see Randall already, who's boy crazy and she wants a <laughs> husband, you know, like, was there that temptation like for you, you know, like just like with the other counselors, people coming to visit or were you just like, I'm all business? Um, I mean, I'll be honest. There just wasn't anybody. Like, I think if there had been someone that piqued my interest, I would have, um, but they're just, you know, no, nobody, I, I wasn't inspired by anyone. Um, I think I, I think I would have, it would have been a little difficult to make it happen in that environment. Um, you know, but I, I think I, I, w- I definitely would have been open to the possibility. That makes sense. And did you love that there was the gay glamping weekends in our episode? Oh my God. It was, I, I was waiting for the weekend the whole beginning of the summer. Um, it, it was actually like, I kind of felt a lot of pressure because the weekends leading up, they were like, Glenn, this is your weekend. Oh my God, this is Glenn's weekend. This is Glenn's weekend. And I was like, guys, it's not my weekend. It's everyone's weekend. It's the guest's weekend. Like, I, you know, I get to be around my people, but like, it's still about them. Um, and I, I, I actually was really nervous in the beginning of that episode because, or the beginning of that weekend, because I did feel a lot of pressure. Like I have to make this an amazing weekend. Um, but by the time we got to the little pride parade, that's when I settled in and I was like, this is amazing. Like we're, it, it was, it's probably one of my favorite weekends of the whole summer. Well, yeah. Like when I talked to David and he was telling me about like, the camp, the first, I mean, after we talk, I was like, you should have a gay weekend. He's like, we do. And there's a gay weekend on the show. I'm like, yes, that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than these new friends of yours, like what's the best part of, like what's the best takeaway? And like, what was the, like the most difficult part of the whole experience? Mm. Um, I think the most difficult part is you know, like being on a reality show, you have to choose what you are willing to share with people. Um, because like we, we have some moments on the show where like it's incredibly intimate and we, like you know that the whole country is gonna fucking watch the show if, if they want to. And you know, like if you have a moment, if you need a moment, you go run back to your cabin and the cameras follow you. So like if you're trying to have a moment alone, it's literally not possible. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I always thought like, you know, whatever I'm going through, if someone can watch and feel less alone, they can see themselves in me, then I've done my job. Because I didn't get that when I was a kid. I, I didn't get to watch TV and see myself reflected in my media. Um, and so I want to be that for people. You know, some little kid in Missouri who's watching Bravo with his mom can say like, oh my God, I like glitter too. I'm not, you know, I'm not alone. There's somebody out there who's like me. Um, you know, and, or then, you know, stuff with my dad, like, I may not have wanted to talk about it all the time, but if someone can watch the show and feel less alone, then it was worth the tears. You know, I, I say that there's a lot of, a lot of glitter. I bring a lot of glitter and tears to the show. 
<laughs> do you no, you like definitely do do you think that like the show in a way helped you with your grieving process because like i mean you were able to do like you're almost able to like watch it back now i mean we've seen a little bit i mean i don't know what the rest of the season has in store yeah but we've, we've seen some of it i mean we've seen you bring that up i think it it forced me to take a long look at it um I think it, it made me more aware of what I was going through. And I, I think normally I would have just been like, I'm fine, this is great, I'm okay. You know, and really it was like kind of bubbling under the surface. Uh, I think it, it forced me to say like, okay, no, I'm still, I'm still going through some hard things. Let's, let's take a look at this, let's investigate. That's great. Where did your love of glitter come from? So it actually started, um, the first time I, I remember putting on a lot of glitter was at a, a music festival in New York called um, Electric Zoo. Oh, yeah. And it's very much like in rave culture, um, like lots of glitter, lots of like, uh, you know, crazy outfits, all that stuff. And I think just kind of a spur of the moment, I wanted to like make a glitter look. So like I bought some glitter and I like, you know, I, I did one day I did like a lightning bolt, um, very like um, Bon Jovi and, or wait, is that? Anyway, so um, Lightning Bolt, and then, not Bon Jovi. Oh, David God. Bowie? David Bowie, that's oh, what I was like, um, I mean, right. I, I was like, I think that's David you Bowie. You got it, you got it, thank you. Okay. Um, and, and I just felt like, like I had so many people come up to me and saying like they, they loved it. And I was nervous at first, but like I got so much love from that community. And so slowly I started wearing it more and more often. And I started like experimenting with different kinds of glitter, like different, you know, different ways to put it on. Um, and at first I was too nervous to like bring it to a gay club because I was like, oh, everyone's, you know, mask for mask. This is going to go over terribly. And, you know, I, eventually I did and I was right. Some guys like will not look at you if you're wearing glitter. Mostly because like if you touch them, they'll get it on them and they don't want that. Um, but eventually I, I started not caring. And I was like, I love this. This is my way to express myself. Um, you may not like it, but it's not for you. It's for me. That's good. And like, in a way, I mean, I don't know. I think, I mean, this is just my, like, don't you think it's kind of changed now? Like the whole mask from mask thing? I mean, I think it's, or it's maybe that's just to. in my own idealistic head. Yeah, I think it's starting to. And honestly, like the people that are still mask for mask are not the people I want to engage with. Right. So like, whether you like me or not, like if, if deep down you're you're saying that you're excluding an entire subsection of people just because you perceive them as to being too effeminate i don't think we're going to be friends anyway <laughs> right so it's kind of it, it kind of works like it's a way for me when i put on the glitter how you react to me is kind of a barometer for the kind of person that you are um and it kind of gives people permission because it's like look i'm crazy too i'm not i'm not afraid to look a certain way and i think it gives other people permission so like the people that come up to me are the ones that aren't afraid to like say hi to a stranger, you know? And so like, I've allowed, it's allowed me to meet people and kind of um, weed out the people that don't like it for certain reasons. That's good. I mean, but that's like a healthy attitude like that, you yeah. know, some people don't get there till forever. If, yeah. You know, so like, that's a good thing. What do you, well, I mean, so first of all, Corona, like the camp getaway is not open at the present moment, which I mean, who knows what's going to happen. Like, I mean, I guess, have you talked to like David, you know what I mean? Like, I guess his plan is to open it. I think maybe like towards the end of the season, depending on what happens in the world. Yeah. So what's currently happening is they're going to open as a day camp. Um, and, and I guess the hope is to open as a full camp later in the season, like you said. Um, but yeah, they're working with, state officials um, trying to figure out like what are the steps they can put in place to make sure that the guests are safe. Um, what's the most number of people that can be there. And, you know, I, I really hope it does come back because I think now we need it more than ever. Kind of. I mean, I think once it's safe, people need For the sure. exact opposite of social distancing, like to yes. the degree. Like, so what was your plan? Like, you know, I mean, if you were moving down there, any like, were yours your plan to go back and work there? You know, if this whole thing in the world didn't happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, uh, if we get asked back, I would definitely, I would definitely go back. And even if we don't do a second season, I would love to work at the camp again, um, you know, for nostalgic reasons. Um, but yeah, I, I hope we get to do a second season. I also think it would be really interesting 
to see, um, you know, what is it like when people get, they stop social distancing. Like that, that joy, that just unbridled joy is I think gonna be really interesting to watch. So I think it'd be, uh, so I hope we get the chance to. I think so. Or like I was saying this to someone from Summer House uh, a few weeks ago when he was on, like, I feel like, so if it's not filmed over the summer and you get a second season, I mean, I don't know if it really could be done, but like almost like a winter camp, but I don't really know if a lot of it's outdoors, but it doesn't seem like everything's outdoors there. Yeah. So there, I think there's definitely ways to do it. Um, and I, I'm willing to be a part of it. However, we decide to do it. If we have to do like camp getaway in someone's like backyard, I'll figure it out and we'll do it. Like a smaller pared down version if it has to be. Yeah, exactly. Is Neely the one who you're closest with from the show, who you talk to all the time? Yeah. The most? Yeah, we're, we're the same person. We realized very early on in the process that we're very similar. Um, and we would drive we would drive up together from New York. So we would like get ourselves ready, we'd listen to pump up music. We both love EDM. And then we would drive back and be like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so it was, it was great. You're like, I can't believe this is going to be part of a reality TV show. Did she exactly. watch a lot of Bravo before she was on it? Or were you just both like, I, I don't know what's going on here? Um, so actually we would watch Below Deck together. Um, and we'd be like, oh my gosh, this feels like our show. Or like, they're doing the same thing we're doing. It was cool. So, so Below Deck really is other than Family Karma. Below Deck is like the main Bravo show. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You know, that is technically the straight man show of Bravo. Like all the straight guys that don't watch anything on Bravo, Below Deck is not the only show they go to. It's one of the more popular shows that they go to. That's interesting. I can see that. I, I could see that too, right? Because, you know, like, yeah. let's face it. Like, I mean, I don't know what straight man on his own is watching any of The Real Housewives. I, I just yeah. don't know who, <laughs> who that is. And if they are out there, I would love to hear from them, you know, other than their girlfriends making them watch it. But Below Deck and, like, Summer House and, like, Southern Charm, those are the... But my recommendation is, like, Shaw's of Sunset or Vanderpump Rules if you were ever going to add another Bravo show to your roster. I will, I will add those to my list, yeah. You know, one of them is, like, in season eight. They're, like, in season eight, so you can, like, easily catch up. Um, what are your, oh, let's talk about the go-go dancing. I haven't forgotten about that. So how did you get into that? Besides the fact that you were, you know, an actor and you needed flexible jobs or that's really the way you fell into that? Yeah. Um, so I actually met, um, this guy, Jason, um, he books, he books for go-go dancing gigs. I met him at a party on Fire Island, which is a very appropriate, a very appropriate way to meet a go-go dancer. And so he was like, uh, I was literally just like dancing at a party and then um, we, we started talking and he asked me if I wanted to go-go dance for the underwear party on Fire Island. Um, and it's like every Friday night, it's, this, it's the biggest party on the island and everyone is there, everyone's in their underwear. It's a funny gig because like, as a go-go dancer, you're in your underwear, but so is everybody else. So like that gig is funny because a lot of people don't even know that I'm working. So I'll be on a box and someone will try and get up on there with me. And I'm like, honey, I I'm working. <laughs> right. Um, but it's super fun. I, I, you know, that's one where like, um, I, I, I think it's about just kind of showing how much fun you can have at the party. Like I think a typical go-go dancing gig, you are the focus. But I think in that one, it's more about just sort of setting the vibe and the atmosphere. Um, and that's really what a go-go dancer is, you know? Like, feel out the vibe of the party, feel out what your, what the clientele is, and like what they want or need, and like that's how you be a good go-go dancer. You know, it's not, a, it's not just about shaking your booty on a box. So then from there, um, I worked there a bunch, so then started doing a couple more gigs on Fire Island, and then working at Bedlam and Club Coming in the city. Oh yeah, we like Club Coming. Yeah, yeah. Did you just adjust right away? You're like, oh, I mean, did they give you any training? Was it like camp no. getaway training or they're just like, just get on that box and you'll figure it out? Yeah, they're like, take off your, like, take off your clothes, get on the box, have fun. <laughs> huh. um, and like, you know, you, you basically just like, kind of feel it out. Um, you know, the more you do it, the more, you, the, more, the more you recognize like what works, you're like, oh, cool. Like that, that night I got more tips than I did the other night. What was different? What, what was I doing differently? Um, and eventually kind of figure it out. And 
you know, and really it's all about just having fun. Like I'd be dancing anyway, so I might as well get paid for it. True. And see that kind of like, that must've helped you prepare in a way to be a social coordinator on Camp Getaway. It's kind of the same set of skills, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's figuring out like, you know, what's the vibe of this party? What do they want? What can I, how can I facilitate that? How can I like model uh, how much fun to have? Exactly. What do you, why do you think everyone should be, I mean, lots of people are, but why do you think everyone should be watching Camp Getaway? Like, why do you think it's like the perfect summer show? I think, especially for right now, um, you know, we don't want to watch, I think Camp Getaway is a bit more positive than some of the other Bravo shows. Um, I, I think like it is about like showing people having fun and becoming friends and it doesn't have quite as much drama as some of the other shows do. Um, which I think is why it's, it's taken a little while for it to find its audience. But I think it's perfect for right now because in a time that we are, we feel so alone and isolated, I think it's really exciting to watch this group of people become friends. And I think it's nice to have something more fun and uplifting um, than normal. So I, th- I think it's a little bit different than a lot of Bravo shows in that way. And like, to your point, like, you know, sometimes taking like Summer House took a minute for it to find its audience. And now it has a really big audience, you know, so. And I think it was like, you know, in a way, it's like a strange transition in the world. You know, people are trying to figure out what to watch. But I agree with you. I mean, it has less drama, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's almost like what the world needs right now. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we still have love triangles and all yeah, sorts exactly. of things. And we see straight men trying to get laid. It's still like a Bravo show that people For sure. should, you know, I, I really think if people like Below Deck or Summer House or any of these other shows, it's like the perfect show for right now. Yeah. What about, is there anything that you want us to know about you that you think like, you know, like as watching you on the show that like was misconstrued or like that, you know, the point isn't really gotten across, like, Anything misunderstood about you as a, as a viewer? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, honestly, like, I feel like I, what's hard is like the show narrows down three days into 40 minutes. So like, it's so hard to show eight complete stories in 40 minutes. Um, so I think what the show does a really good job of is like give a taste of all of our personalities. Um, and the thing is like each of us are really interesting people. Like I, um, I, that's why I connected with all of them. It's like, we're all very deep people and we, you may not necessarily always get that from the show, but I think that's why it's why I'm, I'm having such a great time interacting with people on social media is because there we get to tell our full stories. You know, like I, I'm also like super into like LGBT activism. Um, you know, I'm trying to use this time to like use my platform to like highlight other stories and other members of the community. So uh, I think if anything, it's that. that like you see such a small part of us, but we are deeper as humans and as intellectuals than is what is shown on the show. Like I think sometimes you get to skip the surface. But, that um, makes sense. Yeah. So what like you- I would encourage people to go yeah. to my social media and check it out. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yes, you have a good social media. What do most people say that, like, reach out to you or, like, slip into your DMs? Is there one thing in particular? Is it like, oh, you are a great role model for the community? Or, like, what do people say when they reach out to you? Do you hear one thing more than others? Um, so I've heard a couple people say, like, they want to be my best friend. Um, one, a, a bunch of people reached out after the LGBT weekend um, about, like, how much I touched them. Uh, in that weekend, how emotional it got, especially at the end. Um, I, I loved, I got people saying that they felt the same way, that like when they went to camp, they felt isolated. Um, and so, you know, I got to redeem little Glenn and they felt like they wanted the chance to redeem, you know, little Sam or a little whoever. Um, oh, <laughs> I have a lot of people commenting on my tiny shorts. Third Lots type, of people- I mean- I I personally have no problem with that, but yes, you know, I'm sure people enjoy it as well. They sure do. They sure do, girl. (laughs) They like the tidy shorts, you know, you don't want to eat the pig. You didn't like the pig. We saw that. No, I mean, like, to your point, like, I didn't go to camp ever because, I mean, I was fat and gay and I was like, this is just not for me, but who knows? Maybe if Camp Getaway 
you know, to your point was on TV, I'd be like, oh, well, maybe I could go to camp now. Yeah. So, I mean, did you, and, 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 you know, do you see this as like a platform, like you said, like for the LGBTQ community, you know, like that you are now on a show and like there are eyes on you, like, you know, I know you're politically active. So that's certainly, and you know, what you're doing with pride specifically, like, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, I think it's like you get a taste on the show and now, um, you know, I, I feel like Bravo has a chance now to like, they are starting to show more, queer storylines um you know like it's been like Amrit on uh Family Karma like it's starting to happen more and more and so I think it's really exciting that people are embracing that um and I think it's it's just the beginning we're um we've come a long way and we're we're still going I think that's awesome is there anything that you want to leave us with anything we didn't cover I always like to give people a chance at the end to kind of you know like what's on your mind yeah um it's been wild like this this whole experience like nothing prepares you for um like going through your summer and then like watching it back um but it's been really fun and and honestly like at the end of the day like whatever happens like i'm i'm with my my other cast members um and it's been fun like kind of banding with them to do it like oh my god this happened can you believe this like can you believe what this person sent me and da 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 um so yeah what's what's stranger is it the watching it back or is it like oh my god my followers went up and all these people are saying this to me and like you know like the pig thing like you know like I've, i've found like with reality tv sometimes like what you think is like the most even like on my show here i i say things and like something that is like I had someone on a few weeks ago. She's on this show called Married in Medicine LA. She, we were on for an hour. We talked about all the drama that's going on in the show. She said for three seconds at the beginning of the show that she knows Prince. I mean, the singer, you know, the rock star who's yeah. no longer with us. That was like every headline. I'm like, how is this a headline? Yeah. She said so much drama. So like, I mean, do you find that too? That like something you thought was like so minuscule that you did that aired on the show and like this is all everyone wants to talk about and you're like really that that's like nothing of a scene there were some things that um that i didn't remember saying that because i say them like I, I say a lot of stuff like really off the cuff yeah um, and so just like took, goes in the ether one of those moments was um so the big drama from episode one was kate gate when you know they brought the cake at the wrong time and so niall asked like hey should we do this now and monica's like yeah it's fine and i'm like better to beg forgiveness than ask for permission. And I don't remember saying that. And so I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, is Kate my fault? Like Niall and Neely got in trouble, but they did it because I said, no, go ahead. So I was like, oh my God. That's so, my so fault. funny. And nobody else commented on that, thankfully, but I was like, holy shit, I'm so sorry, Neely and Niall, that I gave you bad advice. Right, and like you didn't think it'd become like this big deal or this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I had no like... idea it was going to be as big of a deal as it was. I was like, like, what's the, literally, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, well, we, we found out later that night what the worst that could happen was. Are you hoping, like, in a way, this will help your acting career? You know what I mean? Just, like, visibility on like a Bravo show. Like, it really goes both ways now. The whole, like, I'm an actor. I can't be on a reality TV show. Like, those days are long over. Yeah, for sure. Well, the truth is, like, I've kind of moved away from acting. Um, right. Like, at least stage. I would love to get into, like, I, I've... Uh, I'd been transitioning from stage to TV and film, so I'd like to continue that transition. Um, honestly, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out what the next step is. You know, I've been an actor for most of my life, and so, uh, you know, I, I would like to do something that gets to highlight, you know, the LGBT community more. So I'm I'm considering like moving into like doing a talk show or something like that on my social media. So you know, still trying to figure it out. Still trying to. That's out okay. Yeah. And is, is that your plan? Your plan is to like stay in Virginia and just figure it out from there? For now, yeah, yeah. That's New good. York will always be there. New York will always be here. It's not going anywhere. And to your point, it is not New York at the current moment. So yeah. it's, you know, you're not missing anything. Let me put it that way. <laughs> good, good. Where can everyone find you on social media? Yes, so um, Instagram is my main platform. That's North GG, G is in Glenn. Uh, and then Instagram is glenn-north. And then uh, I just started um, TikTok, Glitter Glenn. <laughs> so, you know, see me in my glittery 
finery. Uh, I have to like check this out. How is TikTok? I have, I'm putting it off. I tried it and it, I didn't understand it. So I have to do a deep dive. How is TikTok for you? It's been fun. Like, um, I, I definitely feel a little bit old doing it. Um, cause everyone exactly. there's like in their tweens. Um, but it's fun. It's a fun platform. Um, it's fun for like cute little videos. And so like whenever I get the inspiration for a cute little video, I have fun putting them up there. Are all your TikToks related only to glitter? Like, are you glittered out in all of them? Not all of them, but a large majority. <laughs> Just curious, you know, like go with the theme. Listen, I, I see nothing wrong in the world with glitter. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on board. The more glitter, the better. Good, good. So yeah. everyone needs to follow you. Everyone needs to watch Camp Getaway, which is every Monday night at 10 p.m. It's a great show. Everyone who's watching it that I know loves it and everyone who's not watching it needs to watch it, especially if you like Below Deck, Summer House, and just all the rest of Bravo because it is a Bravo show and it's great. So I'm hoping for a second season awesome. So also. So I really <laughs> appreciate you coming on, Glenn. Thank you for taking yeah, your thank time. thank you for having me. And anytime, keep in touch. I, I will keep in touch. I'll DM you when this show comes out. I will let you know. And you have been a true pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Me too. Have fun down in Virginia. I will. You too. <laughs> Good luck in New York. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear... Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.